This is Kincaid and Breckenridge, exclusively on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Hey, welcome back. I'm Roger. Uh, I'll take the ribeye. 12 ounce bone in please actually you know go go full tomahawk oh, uh i'll Sounds take that good. i'll take that rare um side of horseradish please uh yeah look we uh, we love our steak we love our beef here in alberta uh and you know i think we're, we're certainly proud of the fact that we make some pretty good beef here in alberta when we had uh, the pretty, whole pretty good what some pretty darn good <laughs> is what i meant to say yeah if you're not cursing when describing Alberta beef you're doing it wrong <laughs> that's right <laughs> now right when we had the whole um BSC scare, right? And right. we, you know, and, and we were, you know, I think people were were in it with the beef industry, right? And we we were sort of rooting for the beef industry to recover. And every time a story would come about, you know, once again, right, South Korea is finally taking our beef. It was great news. It's good for them. We want to see the beef industry doing well. But I don't know that we all go out of our way to make sure that we're eating Alberta beef. When you go to the supermarket, did you know the, the beef you're buying is from Alberta? If you go to a restaurant and you order a steak or a hamburger, do you know that that beef is from Alberta? I don't know that people know that, but I think when restaurants go out of their way to say, yes, it is, or no, it's not, uh, clearly, as we're seeing, people pay attention to that. Yeah, you listen, they do indeed. Now, you might go to a restaurant like Rouge, for example, where on their menu, it will say um, eight ounce top grass flat iron steak. I'm just going off the top of my head here, but I know that Top Grass is a supplier of their beef. Uh, so they've, they've made a point. Rouge has gone out. They said, wait, look, we're making a point. We believe in this product. Uh, product. We are going to serve that product. And Top Grass, I'll tell you something, is not a certified humane producer. Certified humane is a registered trademark. It's a label. It's something that you can achieve if you uh, uh, tick off every box on a checklist for the certified humane distinction. Well, Earl's Restaurants, has decided that that is a marketing label that they would like to be able to put on all their steaks, all of their steaks. And it occurs to them that the easiest way to do this is to source the 2 million pounds of beef that they're going to serve in their restaurants in steak and hamburger form from the same uh, company out of Kansas that is certified humane. So they're doing that, and now it's uh, sparked a, a hashtag boycott called Boycott Earls. Well, it has. And, and I think the way that it's coming across to people is that um, Earl's is, is essentially saying that, that Alberta beef is not good enough for us, uh, that Alberta ranchers are, are terrible people who treat their animals terribly. And we've got to go outside the country to get beef that meets our standards. Right. And that, that's how it comes across uh, that, that we are not treating animals humanely here. We are not doing business properly here. And this restaurant chain cannot, in good conscience, buy beef from Alberta. I, I'm, I'm maybe putting some words in their mouth, but that's how it's coming across to people. So there's the issue of, of humane treatment of animals. And, and I think everybody can say, you know, get on board with that and say, well, sure. I mean, we don't need to be torturing these animals to get food from them. There is a humane way of, of doing things. But does that suggest that that's not the case here right now? There's the other side of it, and, and Earls is doing this, A&W does this, others, where uh, I think they're playing to fears. You see those A&W commercials where that goofy guy's going up to people and says, you're trying your new chicken, you know, it's um, uh, made without additional hormones. People say, wow, that's, mm, I can't believe that, that's great. It's like, well, wait a second, why? Why is that great? Why does that matter to you? What, what 
why are these being used in the first place? Do people have any idea of what these agricultural practices are? Think these farmers are doing it for the hell of it? Right. And so that, that's the problem here, that people aren't seeking to understand farming practices and ranching practices, and they're buying into a lot of this fear mongering. I think as well, Rob, people are pretending to care all of a sudden yep. as though they were going to Earl's exclusively for the Alberta beef, as it's one of the only places in the city that you can get it. So, like, Earl's has taken their uh, their position on this matter, and I, I, I support them. Uh, does that mean that uh, that I'm going to eat at Earl's? No, look, I, that's not a restaurant that I was going to every week in the first place. Nothing wrong with it. Just wasn't a place that I was going every week in the first place. All right? If you want to make a decision to dine elsewhere because of this, that's totally your prerogative. But I think it's pretty rich for people to say, oh, no, 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 Alberta beef is really, really, really important to me. When they know full well that they've never asked in a restaurant where they've ordered a steak or a hamburger, is that made with Alberta beef? So let's get that side of the story right now, Rob. Somebody who curates a menu that is entirely uh, Alberta beef, and, and, and they do so, uh, uh, they make a point of doing so. Joining us on the phone right now is Stephen Deer, owner of uh, Modern Steak, which is a, a restaurant here in the city. Stephen, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're, we're talking to you in the wake of this uh, fiasco that's, that's uh, burgeoning right now, this boycott Earl's movement, because they've taken Alberta beef off their menu, essentially, choosing to source their beef from, Can- uh, from Kansas. Um, your menu is replete with Alberta beef at Modern Steak. Correct. We, uh, when we started about a year and a half ago, we made a, a very conscious decision to do something that no one else was doing, and that is to have work with small local ranchers and have different types of beef, but only Alberta beef, nothing, nothing outside of Alberta. Why did that matter to you? Well, a number, a number of reasons. I'm born and raised Calgary kid. Um, and sometimes you just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and supporting the best. And, and we're lucky we have the best product in the world at our doorstep. So why wouldn't you? So a number of reasons. Um, but it, the main focus for us was let's showcase what's in our backyard and let's do the right thing. Um, how, how important are designations like certified humane uh, to, to to you and to your customers? Well, the truth is, we we work with, with the ranchers that we work with. Not one of them is certified humane. They all are humane producers. So, if a piece of paper is ultra important to you as a marketing tool or as a way of justifying something, sure. But if you are a good proprietor and you're working with good people, you know that's being done properly in the first place. It's also very, I don't know, I want to say muddy at this time. The, the buzzwords of certified humane, certified organic sometimes aren't all what they are cracked up to be at this point. So I think it's more important to go to the ranches, meet the people that, that you're working with and know what they're producing. The truth is, you know, most ranchers that are in Alberta are such good people. They care more about the animals than they do about themselves. Okay, so that's an important point, that, that you, you want to support local, but if you were concerned about the practices uh, of Alberta ranchers, that, that that would be an issue. It, 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 it's going to be an individual preference. Obviously, we made the decision to make sure that we're working with people that are treating the animals humanely. Um, and you're but, comfortable, right? Yeah. And, and you need to be comfortable with that. But the, the big, the big picture is, is that Alberta ranchers, ranchers in, in Canada in general, we are world class operations that are doing the right thing from day one. There's not a really a movement of new ranchers that have new money that people say, you know what, I got some money, I'm going to start a ranch. These are most of the families are third, fourth generation doing it the right way, um, and they get better all the time. Yeah, you know, and. 
to speak of the differences between Alberta ranching practices uh, or generally Canadian beef ranching practices and American ones is that we don't really have the same market volume in this province, to my understanding anyway, and maybe you can clarify this, but it's, it's, it's a bit less large factory uh, in terms of production here than it is in the United States, or is that inaccurate? No, that's, that's, that's 100% accurate. And to go back to where I think, you know, even where I think Earl's is, act, is, a, is a great restaurant chain, in fact, there wouldn't be as many good restaurants in Calgary because I used to work at Earl's. Many of my other friends that own restaurants used to work at Earl's. They've made it. They've and they've made a decision to kind of wrap something up in a bow that I feel isn't exactly accurate. I think it's about costs, um, and and it really relates back to cost of living. It's cheaper to produce beef in the United States, and they have uh, the ability to have larger operations. Alberta, in specifically, is not like that. Most are smaller um, family-style operations. We don't really have factory farms in Canada that do beef. Um, very, uh, they're very few and far between. There are some large feedlots, but that is still is fed by a cooperative of smaller farmers in the end. So it's a very different style of production. Um, of course, we can survive that way because our our population is smaller. Our demand is not as great. They're making, a, I guess, a, a gamble here that that this this matters to their customers and that this is going to be good for business. But from your perspective and, and your decision to serve Alberta beef, I mean, it's not just personal to you. Does, does it matter to your customers? And, and is that important to them? I would say absolutely matters to our, our guests. We, we've been told many times the reason we came here is we saw what you're doing. And I think there is, uh, over the last decade there's been a a movement to understand food more to understand where it comes from and how it's produced and how it gets to the plate um i think earls is moving away from that philosophy and i think it is a gamble um you know at the end of the day it is about bottom line that beef is going to be substantially cheaper than canadian beef and they are a big company and they need to drive obviously a profit like we all do to be able to keep our doors open but there's a line that i think they could have went about this a different way there could have been uh, a regionality focus that certain farms could feed the Alberta market, certain farms could feed the BC market, etc. They could have done a cooperative and put three or four farms together and set a standard to be able to make this happen for them. I think uh, it's it's important to people, to especially in Alberta and Calgary at this point, is that you know when we're going through tough times, you know it's what's going to galvanize us supporting the local products, keeping the money in the province and keeping things going. So there's a lot of factors that I think they took a gamble on. Do I think it's going to hurt them long term? No, people will probably forgive and forget and move on. But I think in the in the short to near term future, I think it's going to hurt them substantially, actually. Stephen, thanks for your thoughts on this. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. All right, Stephen Deere, owner of uh, Modern Steak. So kind of, you know, making the case and basically saying that Look, uh, if it's not labeled certified humane, that doesn't mean that the farm or the ranch has uh, got some inhumane practices going on there. There's just a lot of reasons why uh, you might not be able to qualify for that certified humane labeling. Um, But that doesn't mean that that you've got some shady practices and that people should be put off by meat that doesn't contain that label. Right. And that's the problem that maybe there's some some gimmick gimmickry. Gimmickry, is that a word? Uh, Gimmickrinus, I think. Gimmickrinus, some marketing going on here that uh, it sounds as though it's something significant, but it's uh, maybe not all it's cracked up to be. That is, as he said, look, there's there's humane, but there's also certified humane, and is there necessarily a difference between the two? I mean, uh, you know, people have drawn the parallel with certified organic, that that gets thrown around a lot, but 
maybe we've learned that that's not as meaningful as people seem to think it is. So is that, is that the case here? The certified humane mean you do things in a humane way and everybody else doesn't. And by the way, and we're just uh, you know, looking into this side of it too, because some people have texted to say, wait on, hang on a second here, because doesn't this same uh, operation in Kansas also do certified halal beef? And the, the practice of halal slaughtering is uh, seen as rather controversial, to say the least. Uh, and it would seem to be at odds with uh, a desire to be as humane as possible. So I, I think that's a valid question here. Absolutely it is. Look, there's a lot of, of very valid opinions on this matter. Nine seven four eight two five five. because we want to hear from you uh, after this quick commercial break. Is this decision going to stop you from going to Earl's? Was knowing that you're eating Alberta beef important to you in the first place? Because um, I'm, I'm willing to make the argument that to most people, the source of their food isn't important to them. It's just how delicious it is. And I can expand on that concept when we come back from this break. But we'll take your phone calls as well. Travis Mel, stand by. There's a phone line waiting for you if you want it. 974-8255. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge. This is News Talk 770. Yeah, by the way, Roger, someone has uh, texted to say that uh, you two pompous big mouths have no right to make an issue about what people can and can't buy for their own refrigerator or restaurants, just like, here's a great metaphor, just like someone can't tell you to what porn sites you can and can't frequent on a regular basis. <laughs> I want to uh, call, I wanna call <laughs> I wanna invite what? that person out for a beer because that's funny. I like that. Well, not sure about that. I don't know, by the way, I, I'm not sure who here is is telling anybody what they can and can't buy for their own refrigerator. If you want to buy American beef... You want to buy certified halal beef? You want to buy Mexican beef, Alberta beef, Canadian beef? Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I know a grocery store in town. You can buy Alberta beef. What do they call that? Piedmont? Foot of the mountain? Um, yeah, and I don't know why we're the two pompous big mouths. I think that there's a whole lot of people telling uh, Albertans where they should go to have their dinner now. They usually end their tweets with hashtag boycott earls. You know, I, so uh, here's the thing, right? I used to work at at uh, Joey Tomato's Kitchen, and they had part of their restaurant. This was 22 years ago, by the way. So if you ever went to the Southport restaurant, you might know what I'm talking about. But they had like a pantry, a refrigerated pantry, where they kept all the uh, a lot of their vegetables, their cheeses, and the chocolate and stuff like that. And on all the tours that I ever gave of that place, I don't ever recall anybody saying, why aren't you buying your chocolate from Bernard Calibo? Why are you getting it from Switzerland? Hey, how come you're getting your cheese from Italy and you're not getting it from Springbank Cheese? I don't ever recall anybody saying that. You get your tomatoes from where? Your lettuce comes from Salinas Valley in California. Why aren't you getting Canadian lettuce? I never heard anyone say that. Well, but hang on a second, because there's quite a double standard when it comes to cheese. Uh, if a restaurant decided, hey, we're going to get our cheese from the United States, uh, they'd run into that enormous tariff of, what, 200-some percent that we have in place right. in order to protect the Canadian dairy industry. At least you can say the Canadian beef industry operates in a competitive environment where we uh, allow beef to come into this country, and by the same token, we uh, export beef around the world. Um, so, yeah, it, it's certainly different in that sense. All right, let's get to the phones here. Travis, you are first up. Thanks for the phone call. Hi, guys. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm a fifth-generation rancher out here in, in Cochrane. I've got big-time issues with Earl's, uh, with Earl's decision to do this. I guess my first problem is Certified Humane is a company. Um, you know, it's not a... What it, what it is, it's a company with a cute name yeah. mm -hmm. that created their standards, and they copied a bunch of different standards. And, um, you know, so this they're pretending it's a label, and it, it is, but it's it's basically a one-stop shop for these guys. Um, Canada Can Supply 
obviously we have enough beef. We have a national beef safety program. It's called the Verified Beef Program. It's it's uh, very comprehensive. I've read the Certified Humane Standards, and the 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 uh, Verified Beef Program has basically exactly the same thing. I've also been through the McDonald's Sustainable Beef Audit, and. Um, it's you know the the Alberta's already doing this good stuff that Earls is looking for. I think what's really happening here is because Alberta doesn't have big one-stop shops for these guys, it's easier for them to go to a company like Certified Humane, who can supply all of their beef in one shot, no fuss, no muss. But it's, it almost it comes across to me like like blackmail, where they come up with this name and they bill it as a, as a certification, an actual certification, and then it's a way of getting money out of uh, producers to say, well, you better come through us, give us some dough, uh, and we'll bestow you with this this label that we invented. And if you don't, then people are going to say, ah, oh, well, you don't care about being certified humane. It's it's like a shakedown. Absolutely, it's a red herring. I could go to, I mean, I could almost guarantee that I could go to my family and friends and neighbors around here, and we could supply enough beef for Earls that meet all of the certified humane criteria. And these guys are just doing it. That's their daily practice. Um, you know, good, humane handling of cattle, healthy feed, all that stuff. It's yeah. natural. It's what we do. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I hear you. You know, I think something, though, man, that, Travis, that that's something that um, that Alberta, particularly producers, and I'll say particularly rural Albertans, and I'm kind of going up a chain here, and then, like, you know, urban Albertans, uh, would sort of have an understanding of. But I think that the further away you get from, uh, you know, production, and you're talking about you're a fifth-generation guy out near Cochrane, so, like, these family ranching practices, yeah. I think the further away you get from that, the more important the glossy magazine advertisement is to the diner. And, and, and the reason I think that Earl's gets away with doing this, and they'll actually prosper for it, is because they'll put that labeling on their, uh, on their restaurant menus. They can make the YouTube video that can get spread around. And, you know, for their diners in Miami or their diners in... In like coastal cities like Vancouver and Seattle who are further away from rural production guys like you, I think that, that it resonates with them to say, oh, I just want to make sure that I'm eating this beef with a clean conscience. And that's the marketing play. So it really, I mean, this decision has really nothing to do with the standards by which the beef are raised. It has everything to do with how they can frame that steak in the mind and the mouth of the diner. Yeah, absolutely. My wife made a good point last night. She said, it's making, it's making people feel guilty when they don't buy certified humane or or whatever label yeah. they have on there yeah what's with their pork practices by the way huh because apparently they don't have certified humane pork on the menu which they do yeah. they, you know they've got great pork and great chicken on the menu but no one's asking that question travis thanks for thanks for the phone call thank you and thanks for making food for us by the way appreciate that too uh let's keep going here we'll go next to uh, mel mel good morning thanks for calling in Hi, Guy. Between your last phone-in and yourselves, you kind of answered most of my questions. <laughs> okay. But anyway, I, I was just curious what... Okay, now he said it was Certified Humane is actually a company. Mm-hmm. So it's like a marketing company, maybe. Well, it sounds, it, it sounds like a marketing play, yeah. I was just wondering what the difference in practices is. And like your guest said, they already practice this humane practices. 
Well, yeah, it's a, it's a checklist, right? And it has to do with things like uh, how much uh, uh, room to roam does the animal have? Yeah. Uh, are they tied up in pens? Do they have the opportunity for natural behaviors in pens? How are they slaughtered? And well, you know, what what does the slaughter uh, facility look like? And and what you know, what kind of amenities does it have? So it is a pretty broad checklist, and it's something that a lot of uh, uh, a lot of producers can meet and a lot of producers simply can't meet. And I'll give you an example, all right? I mean, if you've got a situation where for, uh, and, I, and I'm just calling this off the top of my head here, okay? But if you've got a situation where for two weeks you've got a cow penned up in a barn, now we can't consider that a humane practice. But the alternative might have been to send it out into a minus 40 degree winter where there's really nothing to graze on out there. And how would that be humane? Because apparently that would be the preferred decision according to this checklist. Yes. The, the only... Like, some of the feedlots are very disgusting, but most of them are great. And that's the, on farm, there's never a problem on how the animals are raised. Yeah, no, it's a good point, Mel. Thanks very much for, for the phone call. Thanks for, for raising the questions with us as well. I think there's something that's missing in this, Robin. I just want to point this out. They're getting corn-fed beef. And if you watch the Earl's video that they put out about this that's up on our website at Newstalk770.com, they talk about the taste of the beef that this certified humane beef tastes better in all of our taste tests every time, time and time again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's corn-fed beef. It's going to have a different marbling, a different fat content to it, a different texture, and some different flavor profiles. And I like our Alberta grass-fed beef. I know when I'm eating corn-fed beef. And I'll tell you honestly, I prefer it. That's not to say that I prefer USDA prime to to a AAA Alberta beef um, because there's other things that go into it for me than just the flavor. But I'm telling you something. If you put like a, a Coke versus Pepsi, corn-fed versus grass-fed, it shouldn't surprise you that corn-fed actually wins a lot of the time. Well, that may be. Look, I mean, Earl's is doing this for business reasons, right? And uh, either this will, will work out for them financially or it won't. And uh, other restaurants will, will take their cues from that. But, you know, they, they think that this is going to be good for them. Chad says uh, he's not going to go eat at Earl's anymore. Hey, Chad. Hi there. Uh, I don't know that I'm a whole lot different than anybody else. Uh, I certainly look at the menu every time, and if I see Alberta, <clears throat> an Alberta cut, I'll order the Alberta cut over even just a Canadian cut. I'll order a Canadian cut next. Um, and I, so I definitely look for that. And I noticed that earlier you had said, you know, I don't think a lot of people are out there doing that. So I don't know that I'm a whole lot different than anybody else. But where I am maybe a little bit different is, is my role as a business development manager involves me taking people out for lunch four to five times a week dinners two to three times a week, and, and I would say probably three to four of those times are at a Joey's or an Earl's, and it started today. I canceled my reservations at Earl's and uh, for lunch today, and we are going to the chop. Uh-huh. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of people like this, and the reason why I'm doing it is 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 not to snub my nose to, to Earl's, but it's because I'm tired of people beating up Alberta. I'm tired of people be- beating up Western Canada, and it's about time that we grew the testicular fortitude and step mm-hmm. up and say it's enough. All right, where does Chop get their beef from, by the way? Uh, all Chop beef says Canadian grade A beef. So okay. it does not say Alberta, but it does say Canadian. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair, Chad. Appreciate the phone call. And, you know, the, even when it comes to certifying something as Alberta beef, if, if the cow was actually raised somewhere else in Canada and it's brought to Alberta for, you know, for processing, that, that still counts as Alberta beef. So maybe that's, uh, you know, somewhat more nebulous than we think. But we're going to keep this going here after the 1030 News. More time for your calls, your reaction, your thoughts on this uh, Earl's beef story. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Roger, someone texts to say, in pretty simple terms, Earl's chose USA Beef. I will choose to eat somewhere else. And fair enough. And, and you're certainly entitled to do so. I think the point you were making uh, with the caller before the break, though, is, is valid. That if you're going to not go to Earl's and go somewhere else, 
how sure are you that that place is using Canadian beef? Because uh, there are a lot of restaurants who probably don't make a big stink about this, who for whatever reason get their meat from the United States. Maybe it's cost. Uh, maybe it's some of this other stuff around hormones or, or humane treatment or some other reason. But they just might not make a big stink of it. And you look at their menu and it says steak and you order the steak and you don't know where it's from. Yeah, precisely. And look, I think people who, who want to boycott Earl's because they want their money going to Alberta beef producers, and it's perfectly logical, reasonable and rational and, and all the positive attributes. But uh, I, I just, honestly, I, I just frankly have an issue with people suddenly determining that they have an issue with uh, uh, eating U.S. beef, not eating Alberta beef, if they didn't care all along. And I'll, tell you, I'll put my money where my mouth is on this one because I, I am one of these beef nerds who I know what it means when I see silver sage or top grass. You know, or, or Brant Lake on the menu. I know what these terms mean. I know where these producers are. And I'm the kind of person who asks, hey, where's my steak come from? If I'm at a, a, a restaurant that just says 12-ounce New York. I said, where's that coming from? I'm right. curious to know. Well, remember the, the issue came up. I forget what we were talking about. We were talking about buy local and whether that means something to people. And, you know, it's kind of like ask the people on Lethbridge how they feel about Pilsner. Because I think it does matter to some people. But at the same time, I mean... I think a lot of people in a lot of other injuries would, in industries would wish that they had it as good as the Alberta beef industry because that does matter to people. When's the last time you got mad at your local restaurant or pub because they didn't have an Alberta beer on tap? I think Alberta brewers wish that people cared as much about Alberta beer as they care about Alberta beef uh, because I don't think people care. People go into to a restaurant and what do you have on tap? You got uh, Budweiser, Canadian. When's the last time you went in and said, wait a sec, what, what Alberta beers do you have on tap? I'm out of here. Never coming back again. You don't give me Alberta beer. I'm not coming here again. And I think Alberta brewers wish people cared that much. Um, here's a question, by the way. Just ponder this for a second. Uh, when's the last time you went into a, a, ordered a salad at a restaurant and said, hey, where are those vegetables coming from? And then could, it, could thusly justify the price of the more expensive salad? When, when have you ever done that? Let's get uh, back to the phone calls here, Rob. Uh, Tom is on the phone. Hi, Tom. Um, just... <clears throat> to sort of set it, I'm a small producer. I run around 40 cows and half for 20 plus years. But Roger, you're 100% correct. This is a marketing decision by a very big restaurant to sell product outside of Alberta. And they chose a supplier that we couldn't um, match. And I blame the, you know, our industry for that. Um, we kind of seen this coming with A&W. So we, every time I sell a cow or a calf, I get three bucks knocked off to go to an NGO to promote our product. Right. And I'm saying, you should have been on this. Yeah, I get you. I get that frustration. Where do you sell most of your uh, your beef to? Just goes to the auction market like everybody else. Right. And, um, you know, as your first caller, there's neighbors right here that we could produce all the humane beef that they could possibly want. Some neighbors have used antibiotics so that's a different thing you'd have to get them to convince them off but if if it was worth it and somebody showed me there was a market i would keep the records and i would do that but right now my neighbor that uses steroids he's getting a premium because his calves are going to market slightly bigger so until somebody wraps this all in the little commercial operation and says we can provide this there is no real incentive to go to the problem. Or, or, and first of all, there's no yeah. certification process. We got to we got to bring back the Hayes converter, Tom. You and me, that quicker fattening calf. <laughs> that's, uh, that's some uh, that's some old time uh, agricultural cow technology. Uh, Tom, thanks for the phone call. Really appreciate it. Yeah.
All right, take care. Um, you know, I, and by the way, too, you know, when we're talking about steroids in the beef, we got to quit thinking about these cattle as like the East German swim team of hamburgers. It's not like that. Like, I get it if the term steroids turns you off and you want to buy beef that isn't raised with steroids, but, but let's not pretend that we're poisoning the beef supply because that's not what's going on. Right, and again, when it comes to hormones, keep in mind that these places cannot claim that their beef is hormone-free. They have to say that there's no added hormones because, of course, there's hormones in, in beef, right? And it just it, it does get kind of silly. Especially teenage beef. Like, oh, my goodness. Hormones raging. <laughs> All right. Let's go to uh, Charlene here. Hi, Charlene. Hello there. How are you today? We're well, thanks. Real good. I'm good. Yeah, I just wanted to make a comment. Uh, you had made that uh, A&Ws don't use uh, Alberta beef. And uh, actually, A&W does have a farm in Alberta that uh, we use for their beef. Okay. And, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I know it's not 100%, but it's it's largely American beef, as I understand. Or Australian. No, no it's not uh, just one farm out there. Uh, Manitoba? And uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, yes. <clears throat> we have specific farm, or A&W has specific farms in different places. How, how much beef, though, uh, on an annual basis is A&W purchasing? Oh, gosh, I have no idea. Right, yeah. Yeah, so it's not no as though, it, I mean, A&W turned their back uh, on, on the majority of uh, Canadian beef producers, though, when they made uh, that switch to that uh, no-added-hormone uh, steroid-free campaign. Uh, basically, what they did was they uh, researched their own farms so that they're... Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, from whatever you do. Uh, a lot great. of it comes from Australia uh, and uh, Montana is primarily where they get their beef. Thanks for the call, Charlene. Appreciate that. Uh, but there is, uh, according to one story, there's the Spring Creek Ranch near Vegreville uh, that that A&W gets some beef from, and they're claiming that there are others that they'll they'll soon be getting their 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 beef from in Canada. And by the way, A&W is, is arguing that you know they wanted to keep getting Canadian beef, and there just weren't any uh, producers that could meet their demand yeah spring creeks by the way they're good uh spring creek has a great practice up there i'd be curious to know though what they're selling to A&W. a lot of people don't realize this but but a lot of the primo primo alberta beef doesn't get sold in alberta it's like out of the province right away uh going to like really high-end places i think that sweden's got a particular appetite for uh top-end canadian beef so i'd be curious to know exactly what uh, spring creek is selling to uh, A&W. uh hi is this margaret yes it is hi margaret thanks for the call I used to live in Ontario and on, uh, near Toronto, and it was uh, corn-fed beef that came up from the states. And then I've moved out here in '68, and uh, I've never had a steak as good as Alberta steaks. And I will never go to Earl's if that's what they're going to have is uh, corn-fed. Right. Because it definitely has a whole different taste to it. You don't. You don't care for the corn-fed. No, I hate it. Okay. Well, good to know. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of people that are that are raised on Alberta beef, and they like the, the grass-fed flavor. But, you know, I think it's it's uh, it's getting more boutique, though. I mean, you look at a, a practice like Brant Lake where they've got, you know, they've adopted that sort of Kobe beef style, that Wagyu style, where they're doing things like, I think they're feeding, I'd like to talk to these guys, actually, at, at Brant Lake, but I, th- I wonder if they're massaging the cows. And if they are feeding them the beer and they're feeding them the, the rich grain mixture to get that to develop that kind of incredible texture and marbling. I've had their beef before. It's I think it's fantastic. But again, it's Alberta beef in a different style. Yeah. Well, someone texts to say, uh, uh, I'm referring to me here, it says, I wish Rob would stop using examples of beer, vegetables or other products. I think you said vegetables, Roger, by the way. This is not about the product. It's a terrible marketing scheme that tries to play on the hearts uh, people by using the word humane, no question this will backfire on, on Earl's. 
I get that. And I think that was the point we were making earlier, that by, or by Earl's, Roger, coming out and saying that, hey, we're not going to use Canadian beef. Canadian beef is not up to our standards. That does send a message that Canadian beef is subpar and it's, it's not worthy of a place like Earl's. And I get that that's what rankles people. But I think there is a valid point that uh, a lot of the time we don't think about where this stuff come from, comes from. And so I think the notion here that we want to buy Alberta beef and we want to buy local and support these ranchers, that doesn't happen all the time. Right. There's a reason why for a standalone restaurant it makes really good sense to uh, uh, use local producers, right? I mean, you, you can get fresher produce from just outside of town. And, and there's a lot of chefs. I mean, my goodness, you'll see celebrity chefs in the city at farmer's markets from time to time sourcing stuff that they're going to put on the menu that night. And so freshness is key, and that makes a lot of sense. But when you're buying huge volume... Uh, you look, sometimes it makes sense to, to get the refrigerator truck to drive out from California with uh, everything that you're going to put in your salad. So I, I just sort of wonder why there's a double standard on the menu here for some people, because they, they, they won't go to Earl's now because Earl's is buying American beef, but they didn't seem to care that Earl's was buying American romaine lettuce, right? Instead of the lettuce from a producer from just down the street. So like, I, I get it. And I think that, that you're right if you say, hey, I, it's Alberta beef for me. I want to know that my money is going to support the Alberta rancher. But what about the Alberta gardener? And that's why you bring up the brewer. Like, why is it so important to you then that, that you're eating Alberta products but not drinking Alberta products? Right. But I think to this guy's point, and it's a valid point, that maybe we don't think about lettuce. But if a company came out and said lettuce producers in Alberta are terrible, we're no longer going to buy any lettuce from Alberta. We're going to buy all our lettuce from Nebraska. And then the people would pay attention to that. I think, well, wait a sec. These lettuce producers in Alberta, they, they work hard. They treat their lettuce humanely. Well, that's argument. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think, yeah, that's a valid point here. All right, let's take a pause right here. We'll get back to your phone calls after this. 974-8255. You're listening to Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Hey, welcome back. I'm Roger. That's Rob. Nine seven four eight two five five. Let's just get right back to the uh, phone calls and talk to Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, thanks. Good. Uh, I just had a couple points real quick. Number one, um, I wanted to. I read a study about the whole A and W burger thing, and I don't remember the exact measurement uh, unit of measurement that they use, but let's you know, let's say the A and W patty had point fifteen of whatever, as compared to the McDonald's having point two zero. You know, that seems like a lot until you realize that they put it into perspective by telling you, like, the bun itself has 50,000 of that same unit. So mm. it's it's so microscopic, the difference between the patties. But um, anyway, as far as the Earl's point goes, um, you know, I would just argue, like, these people that have such an issue with it not being from Alberta, have they stopped and thought about how much that Earl's actually does do for Alberta by, you know, having their restaurants in Alberta and all the employees that spend money in Alberta. And, yeah, you know. That, you know, I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff, because that's precisely the point that, that I, I think needs to be driven home here. We're really crapping all over an Alberta entrepreneur, somebody who started a burger and beer joint in Edmonton in 1982 and that has blown up into a really well-known restaurant brand across Canada and into the United States. Typically, we champion these types of things, and we don't usually uh, go into entrepreneurs' businesses and tell them uh, what they should do. Do. Uh, I, look, I think it's fine for any individual who doesn't want to go to any business for whatever reason to not go to that business. But I just think, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting message that we're sending to entrepreneurs here that we will support you uh, until such a time as we're going to completely turn our back on you and make a big boycott out of it. 
Well, and that's exactly it. And even to add to that point, like if you don't want to eat a steak at Earl's because it's not from Alberta, then don't eat the steak. But doesn't mean you don't have to go altogether. And like, I mean, they still have seafood. I don't know how much seafood is, you know, from Alberta, but I would hazard <laughs> guess it's not very much. And people still eat it without right. issues. So. But let's let's remember too, there are a lot of restaurants around the world that sell Alberta beef. And we want them to continue doing so. So if there's a restaurant in in the U.S. or in Japan that sells Alberta beef, obviously they're they're not selling local beef, but that's that's good for us. So we we shouldn't have a double standard either, that we want Alberta beef to be competitive around the world. We want these markets open to Canadian beef. But, you know, the trade-off is that that restaurants here and people here have, have the choice too. Yeah. And again, they're not talking about the quality, saying the quality of beef. It's just a different type of beef with a different label on it that appeals to a different demographic. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Demographics are at the heart of it, Jeff. Thanks very much for the phone call. Uh, hi, Michelle. How you doing? Good. Um, I grew up on a farm in Alberta, and I've, um, I've seen a lot of things, and I'm, I'm super happy they've come up with uh, this kind of humane certification for Alberta because I've seen things where people are using two-by-fours to load animals and hitting them, and yeah. I've way too many things where, I mean, culturally, people um, protect each other. It's the business for, you, you know, for generations to not, to not show the, the ugly side of what happens to animals. And I'm, I think it's about time that um, this kind of thing is implemented. Okay, so you're, 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 yeah, you're kind of high-fiving Earls for pointing out that, um, that they recognize the importance of, of humane practices to their, uh, to their customers and that everybody should get, kind of get on board. Yeah, it would make me eat their... It would it would make me go there, not go away, because I know I personally have seen many things. Right. No, that's it. Thanks, Michelle. Me, yeah. We're we're kind of breaking up on the 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 phone connection here, but you, you make a good point, and I think that's what Earls knows that they can market to to people who want to eat with that clean conscience. Yeah, and at the same time, I, I think it is it is leading to changes in the market uh, because I, I think. Everybody realizes that this matters to people. Humane treatment of animals matters to people. Uh, the Post Media article quotes uh, Rob McNabb from the Cattlemen's Association. Says they might not have been able to meet Earl's uh, timetable, but uh, or timeline, but they're already doing much of what Earl's uh, says they're looking for, and so that these things are coming along. And uh, he says uh, our intent is to meet the market needs as quickly as we can and offer an even broader program. So, I, and I think in the long run that'll be good, and and the Canadian beef industry realizes that this stuff matters, and and they'll they'll find a way, I think, of doing it, maybe doing it their way, but to to ensure that these practices, which, if we can determine what those are and why they matter, that why why shouldn't we expect everyone to do it? Hi there, Christian. How you doing? Living the dream, guys. <laughs> um, I texted my uh, buddy, who's a GM of one of the Earls here, and. In uh, Calgary last night, and just was tongue in cheek telling him my uh, intake of dynamite rolls was probably going to go down. But he said uh, <laughs> he said that uh, most of their US, most of their beef comes from the U.S. anyway before this announcement. So okay. oh, yeah. that's something to consider. Uh, to uh, Rob's point about beer, uh, I'm always looking for Village or Big Rock on tap, so never looking for Canadian. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, but I also wanted to talk about uh, A&W and Earl's stance on this whole, uh, the marketing the marketing point where they're really just sort of ignoring the producers and just, you know, like you said, in Vancouver, you know, guys sitting on the water, uh, choosing their beef, feeling good about it. Um, what McDonald's is doing with their, uh, your 
your question or yeah. our food your questions campaign yeah they're really partnering with industry uh, i work in industry uh, on the animal health side and they had their marketing guy uh, do a big talk about it and it, they're really trying to address um, customer values rather than facts from the industry and sort of uh, going out and not creating these really stringent auditing programs but working with uh, producers to to try and connect those values with what producers are capable of doing so at the same talk was actually Temple Grandin right who I would I would recommend that you guys uh, try and get her on your show and we've actually reached out that. to her in the past to have her on uh, to talk about halal slaughter but uh, we we, uh, we weren't successful in booking her yeah, try, try it again because it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if there's any Canadian producers that are close to fitting her uh, her her standard up here. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Hey, I hate to cut you off, but uh, we're, we're short on time, so we got to uh, we got to leave it at that. Uh, Christian, thanks very much for the phone call. We are late for a break, Rob, so we'll take one here. It's Kincaid and Breckenridge on News Talk 770. Roger Kincaid and Rob Breckenridge, weekdays starting at 9:30 a.m. on News Talk 770 Calgary.